0: Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 971 of the Juicebox podcast. On today's podcast, I'll be speaking with Jared. He is the father of a fairly newly diagnosed child with type 1 diabetes, and Jared and I spend our hour chit-chatting away as we do. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. And don't forget, if you have the need, use the links that the show provides when you're buying Omnipod, Dexcom, going to US Med, Contour Meters, g Hypo Pen. If you're going to drink AG1, if you're going to buy sheets from Cozy Earth, get better help. Or visit touchbytype oneorg When you click on my links, you're supporting the production of the show and keeping it plentiful and free. And for that, I want to say thank you. Those links are in the show notes of your podcast player, and they exist at JuiceboxPodcast.com. But you'll also hear me say them during the ad, so you can just type them into a browser, too. There's not enough time left for me to say anything else, so I'll see you on the other side of this. This episode of the Juice Box podcast is sponsored by Cozy Earth. Cozyearth.com. That's the place you go. You get the comfortable sheets, the incredibly absorbent towels, the luxurious clothing. It's all at cozyearth.com and don't forget to use the offer code juicebox at checkout to save 40% off your entire purchase. Today's podcast is also sponsored by AG1. Drink AG1.com forward slash juice box you can start your day the same way i do with a delicious drink of ag1 take ownership of your health try ag1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase once again my link is drinkag onecom forward slash juice box
1: my name is jared i live in northern colorado i am the dad and caregiver of an 11 year old uh, diabetic. Uh, she was diagnosed a year ago yesterday, so we are right on her anniversary. outside of diabetes. I, uh, I have been a wedding photographer for 10 years. That has been my main focus in the last year or so. I've been working as well uh, with my wife. We, we own two businesses. We own a small law firm as well, and we're, we're expanding that law firm. So I've stepped in to a role there as well to help on the business side of things. Um, so that's what I do for work uh, for fun. I'm a you know pretty authentic Colorado and I like to cycle and hike and mountain bike and do a lot of things outdoors. So that's that's what I do for fun.
0: I was gonna say you don't live there if you don't want to do those things.
1: Yeah, uh, that's true. That's true. I'm, I'm born and raised in Florida, so I'm not native Colorado, you know, I didn't, didn't grow up in this area. I came to the West some geez, let's see here, 20 20-ish years ago. And I lived in Utah for a short period of time. And then after college. My wife and I said we wanted to stay in the mountains, but we didn't necessarily want to stay in Utah. And kind of where we where we decided to go. Where did
0: where did the two of you meet?
1: Uh, we met, believe it or not, in middle school. <laughs> We've been together forever. So we we met in seventh grade English class doing a Shakespeare play, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and uh, and didn't date until uh, high school. And then uh, starting our junior year in high school, we dated Exclusively, and we've been together ever since. It's
0: amazing. And for people listening, you're a a, a handsome man. This isn't like <laughs> this is, it's not a situation where you're like I hooked one early, Scott, and I didn't have any other options. So <laughs> I, I just had to keep going. But, uh, yeah. Why- you know,
1: when when I found that, you know, to be honest, I've only had to just my second girlfriend my entire life, which is kind of unusual to find someone that you work so well with so early on. But I I kind of have a theory here. I believe that we. We kind of raised each other, so we we kind of you know a lot of the the thoughts and the in the way that we arrive at those thoughts, we we learn that together in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. So it, it, it's a really good
0: good relationship. It's interesting because a therapist will tell you that it'll go one of two ways, and my wife and I have had a similar situation. Like our lives were such disasters when we met each other, and we grew up in in households where neither of our personalities was the norm i think is i think that's a very nice way of saying that and and so you kind of meet a person who's in your mind reasonable and ha- you, you know and you get together and then you realize all of the things that no one taught you when you were a child and you do start to almost i don't know assist each other like as you figure the things out and then when you get older like this I don't know, there's a comfort level that's just like, I mean, I know when she's going to zig before she does. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, she she knows little things about me like I would never figure, like, she's like, sometimes when you get irritated, you stomp your foot. And, for, <laughs> and, for, and she's like, it's not like cartoonish. Like, you don't pick your knee up to your face and go, damn it. And you know, like she goes, it's just this very light, like you pick your foot up a little extra and you tap it when you're, and I was like, for years, I'm like, you're out of your mind. Like I, <laughs> I don't do that. And then one day I, I caught myself doing it, and I was like, oh, my God. And then I started thinking about all the little things about her that I know. And I was like, oh, God, I can't even let her out of this house. If she if she turns on me, Jared, what am I going to do? She's got the <laughs> yeah, whole playbook. I,
1: I, that, that sounds familiar, for
0: sure. <laughs> she has the whole playbook. Well, that's yep. amazing. And actually, maybe the most amazing thing is that apparently you had a girlfriend before her. <laughs> That's true. When did you when did you start macking on the ladies when you were six?
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. You probably think I'm younger than I am to be honest. I look I look pretty young, but I'm let's see here. We did get married very young. I am about I turned 38 here pretty soon. And we started dating when we were 16 and 17. Wow, that's something. twenty years ago?
0: Well, congratulations. Uh how many kids do you have? <laughs> we have two kids. Two. Okay. And your one with type 1's how old? I'm sorry. She is 11. 11. And the reason I leave in the story about my illness in the beginning is because we were going to, we were going to record yesterday on the anniversary of her diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And then I moved it so that Arden could do something that she didn't end up doing. Uh, So now I'm recording (laughs) 19 times today to make up for that. (laughs) No worries. Um, I think I will be taking a... uh, I'll be taking a shower and a bucket between the recordings today. <laughs> how, how, how many how many interviews are you doing today? I have to do 3 today now because of a uh, because I was like I, I squished everything onto this day. Don't worry. You'll never notice. If I got through the Voke thing, I'll be okay with this. I'm I'm guessing I'm your first? You're the first, yeah. Yeah. And I tried to sneak in some sleep late sleep this morning because Arden was up late uh with illness and so we were up helping her. Anyway, um Is Arden Arden home for A holiday break? she in between semesters, I'm guessing? Yeah, her school does quarters instead of semesters. I see. And so one of the breaks, the one at Thanksgiving, actually lasts two months. Nice. Yeah, so she came home right before Thanksgiving, and she won't go back until, I mean, it's not quite too much. She'll go back like January 6th. I think I have to drive her back, so.
1: I think this whole two-week. This whole two week going back after Thanksgiving before Christmas break is pretty useless, anyway, so They probably should just extend the t- the breaks.
0: Yeah, it's the it's the college equivalent of high school when they give you off four days, then make you come back Friday, and they're like, "We need the day for the like." Just I mean, figure it out better than that, right? But um, okay, so uh, was there anything about your daughter's diagnosis that was expected? Is there autoimmune in your family or any other type one or anything like that?
1: No, absolutely not. I mean, um, at least as far as we know. I would say, since the diagnosis, you know, we've dived into the history a little bit more, and and a few things have stood out on my wife's side. Um, Her mom and one or two of her sisters have some thyroid issues, Mm -hmm. but but no, nothing that is ever severe. Nothing that was ever really discussed. It definitely took us by surprise. We we honestly thought that she was just about to enter her 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 puberty and start her period or her cycle, and. Mm And she had lost a little bit of weight, and was emotional, but but again, I don't think that's all that unusual for an eleven year old.
0: Right.
1: And so we we did not expect it at all. The first sign that stood out to us was her just falling asleep at a random times during the day. Essentially, like she was just utterly exhausted. Right. And uh, she was having a hard time uh, a hard time staying awake at school. And she had gone into the nurse's office a couple of times and they had just let her sleep like on the, on the bed there in the nurse's office. And then they would call us and say, Hey, I, we, you know, we think you really need to take you know, better this, care of your kid, t- take, <laughs> take care, better of your kid. You know, Was she up all night? What's going on type of thing. Yeah. And, uh, and the first time I didn't pick her up the second time that happened, uh, I went and picked her up and I was like, Hey, what's going on? She's like, I don't know. I'm just, just completely tired. I can't, can't keep my eyes open type right. of thing. And, uh, but after she took that power nap, she was fine. She was lively again. And, and so it wasn't super clear. But then we, we were, we had picked her up earlier that day. We were doing a little bit of shopping and, um, we were just at the hardware store at Lowe's and we're sitting there looking at rugs of all things. And, anyways, I, I I look back and she's like preparing herself to take a nap on the floor in the aisle at the (laughs) hardware store. Like she's sitting on the ground, starting to like slowly slouch down and, and thank goodness it wasn't just me there because I probably would just kicked her and, and be like get up you know and wouldn't yeah. thought much of it, but my wife, her i don't know motherly instincts or whatever you call it, she she was like something's definitely going on here and, and I didn't recognize it at first mm-hmm. and um uh, you know so we, we went back home and got the kids ready for bed and as they were uh, taking their baths and showers, my wife noticed that my daughter's skin looked. just had some, yeah, just looked off. Uh, And I think it was just from the dehydration is what I would imagine it was mostly from, and we have a, we have a pretty good relationship with our, with our doctor. And so we just sent him a text message saying, Hey, you know what, you have any thoughts about this? And he was immediately concerned and said, yeah, I'd I'd recommend taking her into the ER and have that look at That's, that's something's going on. Something's off. And, uh, and so we took her into the ER. I stayed home with our son. My wife took her in and just like a lot of ERs, it took you know two hours for them to be able to see her. But then, as soon as they did see her, they they did a uh, they did some labs. I think they did a urine and, and blood test, and uh, immediately came back. And actually, when they came back with those lab results, they came back letting us know we got a helicopter on its way. And we we got to take her. We can't we can't help her right now um, in her current state. So as they came back to tell us that she was not in good shape, the helicopter was on its way. My wife then called me. I. Opted in the car and ran to the ER, and I got there right as they're strapping her down to a, a gurney to to put her on her helicopter. Wow,
0: jeez! And uh, yeah, when somebody tells you, "Here's the, we figured out what's wrong with you," and we've called for air support, you think we're in trouble? Like that's yeah. not, yeah, that's not a um, that's a panic situation for sure.
1: It, it, it was terrifying, and, yeah. and like I said, if it um, if it wasn't for my wife, I think I would have just said, "Hey, let's let's let her sleep through this the night and see." You know, see how she's doing the next morning.
0: All right, listen, I need to be honest. I've never seen a rib knit boyfriend sleep dress before, but I'm looking at one now on CozyEarth.com. And I have to admit, if I was a lady, I think I'd be sleeping in this. It is made with viscose bamboo, just like my sheets. And I'm trying to imagine what would happen if I had my sheets wrapped around me. Oh, I think it sounds wonderful. Okay, um, you should check it out. Cozy Earth. Com. There's a ton of great women's wear at Cozy Earth. There's a beautiful boardwalk breeze dress, lounging tee, and sweatpants. or shorts, pajamas, and there's terrific stuff here for the men, too. Shorts, pajamas, pullovers, and you guys know I love the joggers. I can't stress enough that you should check out the clothing, but the towels and the sheets are unmatched. CozyEarth.com. Use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout to save 40% off your entire order. Cozy Earth also has socks, sleep masks, scrunchies, and dryer balls. Dryer balls? Never mind. I actually use dryer balls. I don't want to make it into a joke, but I use dryer balls in my dryer. You could too. CozyEarth.com. Use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout to save 40% off your entire order. Seriously, go check it out. It's fantastically comfortable and luxurious stuff, and I think you're going to love it. First thing this morning, I wandered downstairs, I took out my AG1 the cup, is it a cup? I don't know, it's a thing. I put water in it, I put AG1 in it, I shake it, shake it, shake it, I drink it out. Whatever you want to call that thing, I grabbed that, I put in some nice cold water, a delicious scoop of AG1, and I was on my way. At first I had to remind myself in the morning to drink AG1, but after a while it just becomes a habit that is a great part of my day. It's tasty... And it goes down really smooth. And I've told you in the past, I've tried other drinks uh, for my nutrition and my vitamins, and they tasted horrible. Uh, I, seriously, I've tried a number of them. They were uh, garbage. I couldn't take them. I couldn't choke them down. AG1, I just drink it, and I'm done. It's easy. Drink AG1 and you're done. Uh, oh, they should have called me when they were looking for marketing. Never mind, they did. Drink ag onecom forward slash juice when you use my link, you're going to get a free, a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. When you use my link, drinkag1.com forward slash juicebox. There are links in the show notes of your audio player and links at juiceboxpodcast.com to AG1, Cozy Earth, and all the sponsors. Please, please click on my links. Use the offer codes. It supports the show. All right, let's get you back to Jared. But first, let me say this one more time. Dryer balls.
1: Yeah, and so it's I'm, I'm very glad that that we didn't do that because I, I don't know what would have happened. Yeah. I mean, she may have made it. She may not have. You know.
0: Do you carry guilt about that, or do you able to let go of it?
1: Initially, I carried a ton of guilt about it. I don't. I don't know if I carry too much now. Um, maybe to some extent, but initially, I was a mess because um, I kept having this this reoccurring thought that man, if I would have put her to bed, I would have come back to a potentially dead child the next morning. Yeah. You know, and no, no kidding. And uh, and and I was we're because both my wife and I are self employed. We don't have traditional insurance, and so finances and insurance and hospitals and doctors and all of that stuff is always just a giant pain in the ass to 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 work through. And, uh, and so I'm always conscientious of that and conservative of that and trying to be like, well, let's, you know, let's, let's give it a little bit of time before we, you know, before we jump into this. Yeah.
0: And, uh, and, again, I'm glad, glad that we didn't. I'm glad sure. we had the insight to do that. Oh, it's, it's something. Um, do you think about your other child now? Does it worry you or does it seem like a one-off and it's not in your head?
1: Yeah, you know, no, we're definitely, he's, he's, um, it's so interesting because, Evelyn, our daughter, the diabetic, she, she's never been, had sweet tooths or anything like that. And, but our son has always been the the kid who, if he finds a bag of candy, he's going to devour the whole thing in one sitting. And so, and I know that has nothing to do with, with type one, but, and we actually have a family history of type two. Mm -hmm. And I always have thought about that with, with Peter and with his sweet tooth, just being conscientious and careful with his health, but we've gone and had him tested and he doesn't show any of the markers. And so, you know, knock on wood. Who knows what will happen with the future? But as of right now, it doesn't appear as though there's any concerns. And we, the two of them, are very close. And he, just out of love and sympathy, will have her check his blood sugar when she checks her sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, like when she was first diagnosed and she was struggling with um, giving herself the injections, he would do saline injections with her and stuff like that. Oh, so he's awesome. he's a good supporter. Yeah,
0: no kidding. It's interesting because something like diabetes, it 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 gives with one hand, it takes away with the other. Like, you become more aware of your health, and I think to some degree, pe- people can become resilient because of it, and I mean, there's a, a, n- a number of kind of good things that come from it, but obviously, nothing you wouldn't trade away not to have it, but the, to me, one of the, one of the real things it takes away is that ability to live your life believing that you're going to be the 95-year-old guy on the news smoking cigarettes for your birthday, like, you know, jared's lived to 95 and i don't know if you know this but he still gets high every day and blah 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 and like like and they you put them on the news they're eating cake with a fork and dancing right, around right. you're like the, that's the random
1: be. the random interviews with the 101 year old lady and yeah. she says chocolate cake and cigarettes is what did it for her yeah, you you're know? like
0: this <laughs> is and, and we all think that's how we're we all think that's going to be us when you know in reality that lady's on the news because she's easy to find because she's the only one but um like you have you, you lose that ability to just let your life unfold in front of you. And, and I am, I I hate, I hate that. I hate that. I I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think I'm going to live longer because I pay more attention to things. I think I'm going to be healthier as I go. But there's part of me that's like, I can't believe I didn't just get to be one of those people who like pops up in the morning and is like, Going to work and everything's fine and doesn't think about stuff like this, you know. It, it it's definitely caused me
1: to pause a little bit and think a bit more about mortality. There's definitely no doubt about that. I mean, being so close to you know to death essentially with one of my kiddos and who literally that same day she went to school and had you know took took her nap in the nurse's office. We, we you know we we obviously weren't concerned. We were shopping at Lowe's just a few hours before they're taken away on a helicopter. You know. Yeah. Um. So it it, it definitely. Definitely caused me to pause and think a little bit more about that for sure. The fact that I have family history with type two, my grandfather, my dad, and my brother, who's only four years older than I am, all have type two. I, she's almost 10 ish years ago, made a conscientious effort to dive into understanding type two kind of as a preemptive to avoid it on my own and um, changed the way that I ate and changed the way that essentially I, I live in an effort. To kind of avoid that as best as possible, and so in a in a roundabout way, our kids have been exposed to a lot of the adjustments that we chose to make with Evelyn. They had already been exposed to it because I had made some of those changes for myself. Mm-hmm. I tested my own blood sugars and ketones for geez, two or three years, uh, yeah. almost daily. Oh wow! Trying to be conscientious and aware of who, how certain foods affected me and, and things like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I guess when three people in your pretty immediate family start. Acquiring type two diabetes, you're like, oh, geez, it's going to happen to me.
1: When it when it happened to my brother, and he's only a few years older than I am, yeah, it was definitely a, a kind of a wake up call
0: for me. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, at least you were moving in that direction when this happened to Evelyn. How did she handle it? It's a young age. Yeah, I think
1: kids are amazingly resilient. Like, if I would have gotten this right now, as a, 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 I think it would destroy me <laughs> in a lot of ways. She has been amazingly resilient from the management of the actual blood sugar itself she's amazing she's mm-hmm. truly incredible at it she doesn't she has the patience and understanding to do all the right things that she needs to be doing and and really her her blood sugars are just phenomenal wow emotionally it's still a heavy burden and weight for her and i think it will be forever um i i don't imagine that that will ever step away I actually this morning on our way to school i was asking her how she was how she was feeling with that. And she's like, it's, it's good. It just is what it is, you know? And it, it's just shifted the way that she thinks about herself, I think to, to some extent. So from an emotional standpoint, I think it's going to be a long road of recovery from a, you know, actual management of the diabetes standpoint. I think she's well on her way. I, I I would feel confident taking off for a weekend and uh, and just letting her be. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I, and there's a, I mean, it's obvious there are two important ideas there, but I, I take your point. It's, It's almost like you ever watch like a a documentary about a part of the world where they've been at war for so long that they're walking to school and there are people in the streets carrying rifles and rockets fly over their head and they're just like, oh, you know what I mean? Like another one. Yeah, they're just a (laughs) rocket. Whereas, you know, if you were wandering through downtown Colorado and a, you know, a Patriot missile went over your head, you'd be, you know, you'd be in the sewer hiding and, I think that about diabetes sometimes too. Like mm-hmm. just because you seem calm and you're like, "Oh, this thing's happening," it doesn't mean that it's not a terrible thing that's happening. It just means that you are, you are a survivor and you are oddly adept at finding a way to live your life, even though everything around you is kind of a disaster. You know.
1: I think it, I think the war zone is is a phenomenal um metaphor because you really are on a daily basis no 11 year old should be making decisions that could greatly affect their mortality but a lot you know but she is yeah. <laughs> you know she ignores this for a couple of days she's going to be sick she you know missed doses too much or whatever this is going to create some complications for her and, right. and she's she's very much aware of that
0: yeah watching Arden with i mean if this is the flu which makes sense to me if it is you know we're we we Last night, like we we all went to her room and we were like, "We'll watch TV with you." We we're watching uh, season two of Only Murderers in the Building, something we had watched before she went away to college together. And we're like, "Well, we'll continue watching something together." And you know, her blood sugar was just like I don't know; it was just so difficult. Like over, like we I must have given her, and she gave herself like while we were sitting together. I, I don't know; we must have given her fifteen units of insulin to try to move her blood sugar sixty points. Y- you know. And I was like, "Hey, Bolus again." She's like, "Okay." You could feel it, like in the okay. It's God, I'm sick. i don't, like, I can't believe I have to do this. But it never comes out. It doesn't show on her face. It's just this little pause, and she just handles it. And it's something, you know. I I did a good job once of hiding my age when you called Lowe's a a, a hardware store. I could hear my grandmother in my head going, <laughs> "These stores are going to ruin this town." And, and because there was a hard, when I, when I was a kid, my grandmother went to a hardware store. It was just this little place. Old school. Yeah. 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 And you <laughs> called it a hardware store and I didn't push back and I was so proud of myself. And then, <laughs> well, what would you call Lowe's? <laughs> I think it's on the title, right? Lowe's hardware, something like that. <laughs> but yeah, listen, it's a hardware store, but I am, I am programmed not to give it that respect. Like <laughs> Seriously. Like that's the place that came and ruined the town. My, I'll, I'll tell you that. When I was like, I don't even know, 14, they were breaking ground in this town that my grandmother lived in on a Seven Eleven, And she went on for 20 minutes when we drove past it, how that was going to be the end of this place. And <laughs> and that, you know, on that land, there's a dairy farm. And I was like, I know. And she's like, and you used to, and I could remember, like we used to, <laughs> as a kid, we would drive to this place. It was five minutes from where we lived. And a, and, a, and a person would give you milk that I'm swear to you they just brought out of the cow like five seconds before that you know <laughs> it's still warm yeah oh my here's <laughs> your milk and the cow's like enjoy it you know like and then they're putting this Seven Eleven there and she was just like this is it right here this is the beginning. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so anyway, I can't think of those as a hardware store. <laughs> I feel like I'm going against my grandmother and her militant stance against 7 I, I don't think
1: I've ever, I've never lived in a small enough town that ever, uh, to ever that had that transition. Yeah, or that yeah. feeling, yeah.
0: Had, she lived in a place where there was a hardware store and a diner. And everybody drove a Ford car because there was a Ford dealership on the edge of town. Of like It was that simple, you know. Anyway, I don't know. That just made me think of that. And then you said something else that now slipped out of my head, but it'll it'll come back to me where I thought, oh, God, I'm old. <laughs> I forget exactly what it was. Uh, anyway, so she's doing well with it. You yeah. guys okay? Did did, did the underst- trying to understand diabetes thing, was it a team effort between you and your wife, or did you find it going to one person or the other?
1: So so we've found so – the, so the first month was miserable, Um, and I think that is probably true for most. Um, I felt like, you know, we went into the hospital and they told us, Hey, your kid almost died, but no worries. We've stabilized her now go home (laughs) type of thing. Like, that's what it felt like. And, um, you know, the education was, you know, mid COVID. And so this is, you know, quick half day, very, very basic training. Mm -hmm. And, and one of the challenges kind of frustrated us a bit with the training as well as we had four or five different instructors teaching us and they were all covering the exact same information so one would leave next one come in for their their portion and they would just cover the exact same thing or they would contradict one another it was just like super frustrating (laughs) um super frustrating and so you know going home with our paper and pen and meter and uh strips and you know that basically it. You know we didn't go home with a CGM. We didn't go home with a, any sort of pump or any anything of that sort. And um, trying to be you know, trying to be a, a good dad. You know, I I initially was probably very Type A, trying to watch her numbers very closely, and it just felt initially hopeless in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I found myself getting down in the dumps, and I was trying to. Trying to be a good example and trying to not, you know, bring her down. She's the one having this experience. Why am I feeling like sh- when she she's the one that should be right? Right. Um, and I actually went up one night, middle of the night, which is on the computer. I don't know, just killing time, and um, on some dad's helping dad's Facebook page, I I posted some probably some depressing rant of sorts about how horrible things were. And another dad reached out to me privately and said, "Hey, my, my son was diagnosed four months ago. you know, let, let me let me talk you through this. things will get better, you know And, and that dad and I have become really c- good friends. I mean, we've never had a chance to meet in person, but just Facebook friends where we chat back and forth regularly still to this day. Right. And he is who introduced me to to the podcast the juice box and to some other resources. And once I was initially, given those resources, diving into them entirely is what alleviated that depression and that kind of anxiety that I was feeling at that time. It, it allowed me to feel a sense of, oh, I can do this. Look, I, this this guy can do it. I can do it type of, type of thing. It gave me a sense of not everything's out of control. You can actually legitimately control this if you follow these steps. And understanding and learning those steps became kind of my number one priority for a period of time there where I just dived in as much as I could and absorbed as much as I could. And that is really where the difficulty and challenges of diabetes, it's kind of where they're alleviated. And I just, I felt like, oh, cool, we can do this.
0: Yeah. The diagnosis is, it's like shoots and ladders, right? Like you're you're living in this reality for as long as you are. And then in a split second, you're just on another part of the board. And it's completely foreign. It's not what you planned for. It's it literally is. It's the first time it's ever occurred to me like that. It just it feels like someone picked you up on Earth and put you down on Mars and said, "Just keep going." Like keep going. We don't even have a second here, you know. So, and I I honestly think
1: a lot of at least from my observations, watching other parents who post in in the community and, and things like that, I often think that they are still living in that state that I felt like I was in for that month that state of hopelessness that we can't control this and that we're just throwing darts at the wall hoping that something sticks and um, i think a lot of people live there for a long period of time some probably their entire life i mean they they probably never fully feel like they have a sense of control over it and i and i don't want to give like the miss the miss uh kind of the impression i should say that that diabetes is completely controllable it's not there's days where you you absolutely are doing you know chasing highs and lows and, and things are completely out of control but But for the most part, I feel like, hey, if you follow these 10 or 15 steps pretty closely, you're going to see a massive improvement.
0: Yeah. Uh, So I think that where I think why, why the the reason why my thing spread the way it did is because I was able to separate those two ideas. I, I people in the space would commingle them all the time. They'd say, well, diabetes is unpredictable. So therefore, it's just going to be crazy. And I would look at it and think. that's true. But like you said, sometimes not constantly. And honestly, Mm -hmm. if you do these couple of things, the crazy days are much fewer than the, than the reasonably stable days.
1: And and the level of crazy changes greatly. Like for now, you know, a 200 is crazy for me. If we get up in the 200, okay, we got to really take some action here and and get this all taken care of. I don't think she's been in the 300 since her diagnosis, because we've, we've, brought that down you know so so the crazy changes you're not seeing swings up into three four hundreds really ever
0: instead of instead of you're exactly right when people like oh my god we had a high blood sugar today and they mean like 380 400 (laughs) like it was like their dexcom is just like you know that flat dots across the top where it can't (laughs) go any higher and um yeah i just i don't know what happened i just and i'm glad it's, it's resonating for you but I don't know, I just I spent the time and I broke it down and I kept breaking it down. And I, I, and I was like, well, it's I got a pre-bolus. You got to understand the food. You have to be flexible. You can't stare at highs. Like, you know, like you can't overtreat lows. And then I was like, oh God, I think that's it. Like, like I think, I, jo- I used to joke all the time, like the podcast should be one episode long, 10 minutes. And, but nobody would listen. They'd be like, that doesn't make sense. And then that would be the end of it. Like you have to kind of get, I don't know you need a tour guide to just sort of walk you through it you know
1: I think I think the podcast for most people uh, speaking for myself and I would imagine this resonates for most people it is just very comforting to know you're not alone mm-hmm. and you feel incredibly isolated when you first get this even even family who you know is trying to care and show their love and support and stuff they're not living it in and out on a daily basis and so there's just still this Feeling of isolation, I think initially, yeah. and having someone, you know, thank goodness, you know, the the friend, his name's Kyle, thank goodness, Kyle was there to reach out to me, uh, and and we could anytime I came across anything, I just shot him a quick message, and he responded immediately, and we just had this constant ongoing thing. He's only a handful of months in front of me right. with his son, but uh, I think the 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 podcast allows you to hear other people who are. Challenged in the same way, and it just feels comforting to know that you're not completely alone. But
0: it's the difference between being plopped down on Mars in the middle of a dust field and being plopped down on Mars where six other people were plopped down who have exactly. built houses and somehow own a Tesla now, and right, you know, right. and be, I guess Elon must shot it there for them. But um, <laughs> but 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 uh, but you know what I mean? Like you're like, oh look, this isn't what I wanted, and it's not what I expected, but apparently this works, you know, like I yeah. just, there's something I don't know. I'll figure it out and, and move on. And, and to your earlier point, how, how, when people don't find that information, they can just get stuck in the loop because I mean, think of it. Like we're not, I, you haven't said what hospital you went to, but if you're in Colorado, you're probably in a pretty good children's hospital. And, yeah. and to say that somebody came in the room and said one thing, and the second person came in and contradicted them. If you're not of the mindset of I'll take this over you could be stuck there forever. It, sure. It, it really is that simple. I've I've been I mean good. I was gonna say, I mean,
1: with our initial diagnosis, we had ten days worth of ongoing communication with the, the doctor or nurse that was assigned to us. And on the tenth day, she gave us our new basal rates and she disappeared. And that was the end of it. Yeah. That was that was the the whole thing. And in this year, we've only gone back twice. <laughs> Um, and it's really because we go back and it's like we don't need to be here this is kind of a waste of everyone's time so can we do this remotely can we just can we just email back and forth and make sure we're on the same page and get the prescriptions we need to get Um, and and luckily we've found some an endo that's that is respectful of that and it's like yeah you guys are doing great just yeah what what do you need essentially
0: i think that can be comforting to people to know that it could get to that point like i um uh, college food used more insulin than i expected it to and so arden was going to run out of of, of insulin at college. And I contacted the doctor. I was like, I just need you to send a script to where is at school. And she goes, I can't do that. You haven't been here in a year. And I'm like, wait, we haven't. And I, I didn't even know. I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. And I made an appointment, you know? And I said, okay, now can you send a script? To Arden?" And, uh, but that's, I mean, that's my, it's my fault. It's our fault for not scheduling sure. something, but it was the, you know, not to explain it, but, when you go into but the re- when you go really, you just office, need to send them clarity, and they're just going to look at that, and that's the end of it. Yeah, you
1: know? yeah. yeah. When <laughs> it's you go, into like the, you do much in a visit.
0: When you go into the office, the person at the desk on the way out says, "Hey, why don't you rebook your next one?" And I go, "Okay," because I'm a boy, Jared, and I'm like, "Oh, that makes <laughs> sense." And if the person wouldn't say that as I was leaving, I got to be honest, I don't think I'd book an appointment. So right. we were getting off these virtuals, and nobody was there to say, "When do you want to come back?" And that's it. I just I was like, oh. I, you know. Yeah, but to, to know that could happen, I think is is probably comforting for people as well. I have to tell you, I re- I remembered the second time I made myself sound old.
1: <laughs> you are acting like you are seventy five or something. <laughs> Dude, I am
0: I am a generation older than you. Stop it. Um, I said Patriot missiles; those are like war tools from the eighties. I don't even imagine they make those anymore. <laughs> and, and I know that's a weird thing, but when I said that, I was like. Do those exist <laughs> anymore uh anyway well i i i didn't know what a patriot i thought you were just being
1: patriotic or something
0: no, <laughs> it was actually no it was actually there were missiles during i think the i don't know it's not the point but it, <laughs> when, when i was younger if you turned on the news people were shooting patriot missiles at each other and i and now i now it made me think i don't even care about warfare but now when we're done talking i'm going to find out if that's a standard weapon or something. I don't even, I don't even <laughs> care. And I want to know, I just want to know how old I am. Uh, anyway, so, uh, <laughs> what, what, um, what gear has your daughter been using for this first year?
1: Yeah. So we started out just, uh, with a pen and, and a meter of course. And then after probably two or three months, we were able to get her on a Dexcom, which truly was a, a life changer. I mean, it, it really was. I, I, I think that every single kid should be leaving their diagnosis with a Dexcom attached to them. And I'm also, as I mentioned, because we're both self-employed insurance and stuff is tricky. I, I'm peeved that they charged $90 per finger prick for every 30 minutes, the entire time we were in the hospital, instead of just slapping a Dexcom onto her while she was in there, <laughs> but it is what it is. Um, oh, yeah. Every wow. single time they serious? came in every single. Yeah. If you, I broke down our bill. Cause we had to based off of how we were paying for it. And uh, every. 30 minutes they were required to take her blood sugar and that was a $90 charge to come in and prick her finger and record that data and I'm thinking to myself why why didn't you just throw a Dexcom on her the moment she came in like mm-hmm. we need to watch this very closely and we're, we have a goal of, of decreasing this uh, anyway so well, I,
0: think I think could you go off on that rant yeah I think you have your answer from your description. Yes, of, of course, you know, there's
1: there's $2,000 worth of finger pricks. And then the next day they say, okay, 11-year-old, you're off on your own. You need to do this on your own. Right. <laughs> you know, But uh, but uh, so so Dexcom, after two or three months, once we got that sorted, um, initially we, uh, we were having to take care of that out of pocket. But then we were able to get her on some really solid insurance. And then probably six months into it, we got her on to Omnibon. Mm -hmm. And that's what she's been on ever since. And I, we haven't started looping because I was really hoping to get her on the five. But if we can't get that approved, then I'll probably start looping on my own. Okay. You feel comfortable doing that if you have to? Yeah. 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 I mean, I haven't, I haven't dived into it, but I've, yeah, I'm not too concerned to
0: be honest. So, um, I would, if you, it'll be too late by the time it comes out, but I still want to tell people what you did yesterday um which was so nice online to to celebrate your daughter's uh anniversary. Do you want to tell people how that occurred to you or or what you wanted to do?
1: You know, we we've been thinking of a handful of different ways we wanted to just I don't know, give solace to this day uh, or to her one year diagnosis and just kind of pause and and make sure that um that we're doing something special for the community for our daughter and just I don't know, just a way to kind of think about this day because it, it really is a day that changed everyone's life in this home. And so I am a wedding photographer, but I have done landscape photog- photos for some time. And so I thought, hey, these photos don't really get much. I don't sell any of these because I don't market myself as a landscape photographer or anything. These photos don't really get much traction with them. Let me see if people would enjoy this. So I posted in the community on my page on a handful of different pages, uh, kind of a post sharing how awesome my kiddo is and celebrating this one year. And then also letting people know if they would like to order these prints with the holidays coming around, they would be great gifts and that hundred percent of the proceeds would be going to touch by type one, which is a great organization that I feel like um, helps a lot of people. And so that's why I did post it in the community. It looks and we've had, I've I've been watching it super closely, but a dozen or so purchases come through already. Um, So once we're done with that, we'll fulfill all those orders and uh, all the, all the proceeds will be donated.
0: Oh, that's really. It was really nice. I got a poster size image of one of your uh, nighttime. I thought your nighttime photography was really exceptional, and um, and I I don't know. I had trouble picking. I started going <laughs> started going through, and I'm like, I don't know where I would put all these. I'm gonna have to give that one to somebody, and yeah. Um, but I just thought that was that was really nice. You know, I I know it's probably not um, it's not like a million people are going to buy a photo and it's going to you know decimate you or something like that. But the idea of doing it. Of not just saying, hey, here I want to celebrate my daughter today, but I have a thing that I could I could maybe give back here with that I think you people might enjoy on top of that. I don't know, it just struck me really well. And then it made me I almost didn't see it. And I I started thinking, like, I don't know what Facebook has to do to figure it out, but I run a I run a a, like a vibrant Facebook page. And how can I get tagged in something and not know it exists? Like there are people Mm -hmm. who send me messages and like, are you seeing this? Are you seeing that? And I'm like, I don't see. I don't know what Facebook does. I don't see I don't think I see 10% of where I get tagged in. So anyway, I thought it was really nice. You well, you
1: you're, you're getting tagged in 50 60 things a day probably, so it's it's probably uh yeah. not not easy to follow.
0: It's overwhelming. At night before we go to sleep, my wife's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, I'm "Just answering people online." And yeah. it just, you know, I've gotten it down to a shorthand at this point. I used to When I first wrote my blog, like a person a month would send me an email and say something like, Oh my God, things are so much better. I wanted to thank you. It's just usually if people sit to write you an email, it's a, it's a, it's a lovely thing. You don't want to skim it. You know what I mean? So you're, you're, you're reading it closely and, um and then I'd take time and I'd answer back, but the podcast turned it into like, I started getting one a day and sure. then now it's, I don't know, 10, 15 people every day are reaching out to share what's going on with them. And I'm I'm like, this is amazing. And I want to respond. And I don't know how to. It's that celebrity
1: status you you picked up
0: on. It's ridiculous. So yesterday, (laughs) so this really, so I have a couple of people. I'm very particular about the way things get done, but not in the way that where you'd be like, Scott's a control freak. I'm not, (laughs) I would gladly give away a lot of the things I do every day, I absolutely would. If I had enough money, I'd hire people, but I don't have that money, so I'm I I only can be helped by the people who volunteer their time, and and a lot of people have, and some of them are get me, and some of them don't. Like so, <laughs> it's like Isabel helps me with the Facebook group, but she's a person who reached out to me, and I was like, I did the same thing I always do. I'm like, I'm fine. You're very kind, thank you, but. I don't know. The rest of that voice in my head is I got this thing here because I do what I want to do when it makes sense to me. It's my vibe, it works. If I start bringing in other people's vibes, and then she said, "Just you talk to me and I'll and I, at 20 minutes on the phone with her." And I was like, "This lady's in my head." Like, like <laughs> "She knows what I'm doing, you know?" Um, and I'm like, "All right, you can help." Which was great because the Facebook group, if I'm being if I'm being 100% honest, there's sort of like a little triumvirate here, right? Like I made a podcast. It's great. The podcast bore out the Facebook group. The Facebook group is huge, but people know it as a Facebook group. They they are oftentimes there and don't understand that there's a, even though the Facebook group is called juice box podcast, type one diabetes, people mm-hmm. don't recognize that it's for a podcast. So the goal is to take the people from the Facebook group and introduce them to the podcast. And the way I found to do that was to answer questions with links to episodes. And it, it's a, it, it works, except it got so big that there was a moment where I'm like, well, I, j- I can't do this, you, you know? And then so Isabel started helping with it. And it was like, it was such a weight was lifted. I was like, this is great. And then it kept growing. And I said, first of all, I'm not paying her. She's, a, like, you know, just helping when she can. I feel terrible. She calls me boss privately, you, you know? <laughs> and, um, and I'm like, I'm like, and so like when you have something for her to do, I feel like I can't just say to her, Hey, you know what you should be doing right now? Cause A, I don't pay her and B, you know, she has a life and everything, but she comes to me one day and, and I, and we were talking and I said, I wish there were more of you. And she said, Oh, I think there are. And I was like, what? And so she pointed out these three people. I, I mean, I can say their first names because but it's Krista and Nico and Stephanie. And she's like, these three people would be good at this. And so we reached to them. And again, with the same amazing offer, hey for no money <laughs> if you'd like to help support this thing and it got easier again it was it was um it was really terrific um, yeah. but i can't like i can't keep up with it so anyway i get a note the other day from this person and she's like um i just recently graduated from like a really impressive college and i want to help any way i can And so I had a nice call with uh, a girl named Angela yesterday. She's young. She's like a year or so older than my son. And she started talking about the podcast. And I swear to you, when she was explaining to me what she sees it as, she's just got a master's and she's getting a master's in public health. I think she wants to go on to become a doctor. Like this girl was an impressive person, you know, and she started talking about the podcast and calling me an innovator and talking about how I was moving the space in a different direction, and I'll tell you that was I was I didn't know how to react.
1: I, I think she's spot on. I think it takes someone who's not completely seeped into the the uh, medical side of things. I don't think an endocrinologist could create a podcast like what you've what you've done. They have so many r- rules and and just guidelines that they have to kind of abide by. That it really takes a parent who. Has lived this experience to be able to speak to parents who are living that experience. I I, I don't I, I think, I, yeah I think it would be almost impossible for for a, a doctor to have the same level of success that uh, that you've had with the podcast.
0: Well, when I first started, I thought like, oh, it'll just be parents because I'm a parent, so that's all that'll care. Then when it went to adults, I was like, this is crazy. And then when type twos who use insulin started showing up, and they were like, hey, the podcast works for me too. And I I, I mean, you have to imagine. I I mean, you've you've listened enough to know, like, I didn't do this on purpose. Like, it was an idea, and I had a hope and a goal. But as it built and turned into what it turned into, it's not like I had some Machiavellian, like, whiteboard behind me where I was like, first, we'll (laughs) dominate this space, and then I'll... Two-year goal,
1: five-year goal, ten-year goal. And I'll (laughs) take
0: over Facebook. And, like, you know, like, it wasn't like that. It just kind of worked the way it worked. But to hear her describe what she thought the podcast was was, I don't know, it was good for me because I thought even the things I knew, I don't think I can give them the correct way because I joke around and I'm really sarcastic and everything, but I don't have a feeling that I've done some amazing thing and you should all be walking around thanking me for it. Like, like I don't feel that way day to day. I'm aware of what it does, but to hear another person and an impressive person explain it back to me, I was like, wow, I, I did do that. And then I yeah. just didn't. And I didn't know how to react. So it was this strange thing, you know.
1: Yeah, I think almost if you were to watch, I think almost all great companies and 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 organizations, if they are able to create a community, that will take them to the next level. You look at some of the greatest marketing companies out there. You look at you know Harley Davidson, for example. There is a community that they have created. Yeah, they great great motorcycles as well, or whatever. However, you feel about motorcycles, but. But more so than the motorcycle, more so than the info you're providing, the community that people are able to join and be part of yeah. is really what sets Juicebox li- apart. It's, mm-hmm.
0: a, it's a lifestyle, um, the motorcycle is. And as you're saying that, it made me realize that the lifestyle around the podcast is just sort of being healthier and happier with as little effort as possible around diabetes. Sure. And, and, and to have what you talked about earlier – Uh, It's just strange to me. Like, I mean, it's December right now. You and I are talking. I'm winding down like the eighth year of the podcast. And I just hit 800 episodes. And it's odd to me to sit here with a person I don't know and just hash out a a conversation and recognize that I still don't know what this is completely. And, you know, it was when I was talking to, to this person yesterday. I don't know if she'd want her name on here. And she started talking about, well, any way I could fit into the organization. And I laughed and I was like, the organization? And she goes, yeah. I'm like, it's me. And she goes, what? (laughs) She goes, no, you have people that work for you behind the scenes. I was like, no, like, I mean, there's these lovely people that help with the Facebook group, but she goes, you don't have an editor? I was like, no. And she goes, you don't have this? And I was like, no. I was like, it's it's all me. Like I make the whole thing. And she goes, oh, oh. And then she got very like, Like, you know, like I'm still sitting there a little beat up from my illness in a sweatshirt, like leaning into the camera. Like she's all upright. Like she's obviously been on some very professional calls. I'm just leaning over my desk talking to her (laughs) and trying to hold my head up, you know. And uh, I don't know. It's just really it was a nice thing that happened yesterday. Well, while you don't have
1: an editor or whatever, while it is may just be just you. It doesn't have to be. You certainly could. It, It has grown to the I would imagine to the point where, you know, you could outsource some of your editing and whatnot. If you chose to, if you wanted to, I had to see that with, with my business itself in a similar fashion, it grew to the point where I had, I was faced with the, essentially the question is where's my time most valued. And is that with my wedding photography, is that camera in hand at a wedding, or is that sitting behind a computer processing these files? And while I can train someone to process these files in a very particular method, and, and, you know, we can work on that over a, a period of time. For me, that allowed me to then take on another 10 or so events a year, which is really how I make money. And so for me, with with the photography editing, you know, I've had a full time editor for three years, and that has allowed me to double the amount of work that I take on because I'm not here at a computer.
0: And so I completely agree with that. And I also think that that would allow me to record more. The problem is, is that me recording more doesn't lead to more income. At some point, there are only a certain amount of days in the week. I can only put up a certain amount of episodes. I can only put a certain amount of, I mean, I could sell more. I could, I could, I don't like thinking about this. <laughs> I can sell more ads if I wanted to, I choose not to. Yeah. So,
1: but, I, but rather yeah. than doing more recordings, you may be able to, um, recapture more of your personal time and pursue personal endeavors.
0: Oh no, it would definitely help my life. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I could, go <laughs> I could go for a walk and things like so, that.
1: So, so for example, with me, since I've, since I've changed the way that my business runs, um, it's allowed me to enjoy summers. I take you know, in the middle of wedding season, I take almost an entire month off because I don't want to work during that month. And, and financially it doesn't impact me because I've, I've made these adjustments mm-hmm. for the month of December. For example, I am doing literally zero bookings. I've, yeah. I've, I've done this for like five years now. I block out the entire month and I don't take a single booking and it allows me just to be present with my kids in the summer when they're home from school. I got to take a, a month to hang with them. And in the winter at Christmas break, I get to just be Mr. Dad,
0: you know, and and have a have a good time. See, This is the Colorado in you. I blocked <laughs> I blocked out December, the beginning of 2022. And hold on a second. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. and then you made eight, mistakes. Nine, I'm just kidding. 10, Eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nine. And I'm going to record 19 times before Christmas. And I somehow set up a a recording for two days after Christmas. Um, oh man. And that was. And now I'm I'm in the position where. People are contacting me and want to be on the show. And I'm I'm saying to them, like no lie, it's November, December. I'm telling people, can you get back to me in June? Well, I, and, I wanna say so
1: <laughs> I'm trying I was trying to refresh my memory. Um when when your reminder email came through, hey, don't forget about our, our call, I was thinking, holy Hell, this is, it's been a while since I scheduled that. I've tried to re- pause and remember exactly uh, when I reached out to you. I feel like it was about three months into her diagnosis, four months into her diagnosis yeah. that I initially reached out to you. So it was some seven, eight months ago, 10, maybe longer. I, I, I can't recall.
0: And don't worry, Jared, six months from now, this will come out. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one thing about me that's scheduled. The way you heard that I built the podcast is off of just like, I'm basically a canoe going downstream and there's a fork in the in the stream like every 20 feet and I go left right left like that's <laughs> just sort of how I like do things but when I took an ad the first time I said to my wife I sold an ad to these people there needs to be an episode there like I I owe it to them I'm gonna start recording ahead of time and and she's like can you do that and I said yeah most of my conversations are incredibly evergreen and the ones that aren't I'll just put in in real time mm-hmm. and now I I and the other day, the list popped up in front of me. I actually got an email from Steven, who's in a terrific episode. And he said, hey, if you didn't like it, you know, it's cool. And I was like, I'm like, what's he talking about? So, <laughs> so I pulled up the the queue, my editing queue, and I saw it in front of me on the screen, a list of of, of files. And I thought, oh, that doesn't look right. I, I don't think I have enough. And so I started counting. And when I got to 70, I was like, oh, I guess I'm OK. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, oh, my but part of that is why it's also because I okay. wanted to treat the podcast like a real podcast. Like, you know, I didn't want to give you an episode a month or one a week. Like it, it's content. If you there's four a week, if you want to listen to them, you should. And if you don't want to it's cool. you, you know, like, like, but it needs to be there. Um, it just occurred to me one day I was I was doing it once a week and I thought, how mad would I be if Howard Stern was on once a week when I was in high school? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I love I love that you compared yourself to our Star. I'd be so well, no, just because it was content that as a kid, as a young person, when I needed content, yeah. he was on every day. Like it was yeah. there. And I thought, well, I should treat it like a real thing, not like a mm-hmm. hobby, you know. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. but anyway, the downside of that is is that I now see my schedule. I'm booked through October of twenty twenty three already. Like every day.
1: Yeah. And I mean, content is king in this in the world of entertainment, Uh, unfortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it. Those who tend to have great success tend to be great at putting out massive amounts of content Uh, and, and for whatever reason, you know, YouTube with the daily vlogs that certain people went out for for a period of time there, the number one. Uh, YouTube channels were the individuals that were somehow able to put out a, a daily vlog every single day yeah. and create a community around that, where people like uh, like when we were kids and we'd watch you know TV and we had to log in right at the, you know sit down right at the right time at seven o'clock my show comes on seven to seven thirty don't bother me while I watch it. Right. And I think those that create um, a community that is similar in fashion in the sense that every day on my drive to work I'm going to pull up and find Scott's you know most recent podcast and listen to it. That's,
0: that's, it's a, it's a good, a well, good thing. I appreciate that. I, when I, was talk, <laughs> when I was talking to the girl yesterday. I told her, I said, I can't believe I do something that I enjoy that helps people and pays some of my bills. Like, <laughs> like I, as a child, I just thought I was going to work in my uncle's sheet metal shop forever. Like, you know, I was right. like, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I have a task. I'll do it. And then I'll build a life outside of that. That thing will pay for the life outside of it. That's what I'm going to do. And so I told her she's like you're working too hard she said <laughs> and I said no I don't think I'm working hard enough I said because I'm 51 and I think you're right I think I think I've I don't know if I'm moving the needle but I redirected it in the in you know and people are thinking about things differently now and it scares me speaking about how social media works and, and how content works uh, content's like a I think of it as a stone that you need to keep warm and if you have a flame in your hand and you can hold it to the stone, the stone stays warm. And the second you take the stone away from the flame, it's ice cold again. And she's like, Why like somebody because somebody said to me the other day, why did you put out an extra episode the week of Thanksgiving? <laughs> and I was said, I said, Well, they needed it right there. I put out an episode about how to handle eating that day. Yeah. And and she's like, But as will as many people listen to it. And I said, I don't know, probably not. And then I, but <laughs> But I was like, that's where it's needed. And so I went back and looked at Thanksgiving and they're not, by the way, Thanksgiving for people who don't make content or, you know, use the internet for what they were. It's one of the deadest weeks online. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it, it just, it, man, people disappear that week. And I was only down a couple of thousand downloads a day that week. So it, it held up and, And I, and then uh, so I said, this is a person in my life. I said, see, there is a desire for the content there. Everyone else stops doing it because they've been told, don't bother that day. Nobody, nobody's going to listen. Um, but I don't know. COVID told me the opposite. Like when I think that was the only one I listened to last week, (laughs) ironically, right?
1: Um, because it it caught, I mean, it seemed very, um, it, it was a very, practical podcast this is something we're all going to be dealing with this week right fresh you know having a refresher is great I honestly think I may have yeah I, I think I listened uh I've listened to it before because it was a repeat right
0: yeah it's it's 30 minutes and it just yeah it gets you ready for a day of eating and it, mm-hmm. it just it's I don't know I think of it as like when the coach gets everybody on the sideline before the game and gives you like let's go kill them talk and um very quietly because they don't want the parents to hear that they're <laughs> <laughs> explaining to your children how they should turn themselves into guided missiles and go try to hurt somebody but um <laughs> but yeah like like get out there this is what we're going to do that way it's fresh in your head when it happens you don't have to stop and think you're like oh the the voice in my head told me this earlier this morning while I was ripping up stuffing or something like that and and I also sprinkled more nichey stuff through that week too cuz I thought well somebody wants this they'll really want it and if they don't I'm not burdening them with content that-. anyway i have a whole theory around it um, and it's <laughs> And it's working out pretty well. But I want it to be there for people. I think what you talked about earlier around community and stuff like that, that's the part that's the – it's almost the most important and it's the last thing you think of, right?
1: I think that's very true.
0: Yes. So you kind of have to – what I explained to this this person yesterday who is going to end up helping me with something, I said I think that one of the biggest mistakes that content – I I don't think of myself as a content creator – You're definitely a content creator. I'm sorry. (laughs) You absolutely are. um, I think the biggest mistake that people make when they're creating content around health stuff is that they deliver information that they believe people want. And I deliver information that I believe that people need. Hmm. So I take them to some degree. I take you guys out of the equation because I'm, I mean, you talked about earlier, you met a guy, Kyle, right? Yeah. And he's only four months ahead of you on the path. But still he's seen every broken branch and pothole and dark corner and he knows how to turn around to you and say, hey, don't step there, step here. Mm-hmm. And if he was asking you what to do, you wouldn't know because you were behind him. And I that's how I feel sometimes. Like, don't get me wrong, I'll I'll go online. Some of the best episodes of this podcast around management are based off of like um people's like feedback and like oh I do this in this situation, or like how to travel or how to, you know, handle a sick day or something like that. I love going online and getting everybody's thoughts and kind of collating them and, and talking about them. Mm-hmm. But if you just got diagnosed, I mean, flat out, I know more than you do. Sure. Like I shouldn't be asking you what to do. You, you know what I mean? So I, I think that's in in a in a time in life where everybody is very, um, I don't know, careful not to offend anybody. And sometimes offending people can be as easy as telling them something they don't want to hear. Um, of course. I just think that I mean listen, between you who were just diagnosed and me, I'd put me at the head of the path. And so I don't know. I just throw I put out information the way I think it's
1: needed. Yeah. yeah. You know? I, I think I think you're you're spot on. I, I think um with time, uh just being able to um sit with someone who's experienced the same thing, even if it's not sharing specific ideas of how to improve, but just sitting with someone who is experiencing the same thing is it's hugely helpful. I think Kyle and I um You know, he's his son's on on the Omnipod five and and Evelyn is not. So we're a little bit different. But now at this point, what it what it has become is our friendship of just, hey, show me your 24 hour Thanksgiving, uh, uh, your graph, you know, heck, yeah, we both we we both did it. You know, we both stayed in range. Great work, you know, and it's just a way of just keeping up with one another in that way and and supporting one another in that way.
0: Right. Uh, It's listen, I appreciate even for you. I mean, it's obvious like not as many men come on as women. Um, and generally speaking, when men come on, there are more conversations like this because I don't know, uh, you know, there, are, trust me, there've been guys on who are as in touch with their, with their feelings as anyone's. Ever. I mean, Josh has all the feels is one of my favorite yep. episodes and it's, it is a great one. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and Josh is just, J- Josh is in touch with how he feels and he's willing mm-hmm. to just say it out loud, which is where you, a lot of guys fall short. Like they have thoughts and feelings, but they're not so open with them. Um, all right. it's hard for me to get men to come on who are just, I don't know. I
1: think, uh, yeah. my, my wife and I have
0: divided
1: our responsibilities with, re- you asked this earlier and I actually didn't answer it all the way. I handle Evelyn's health 100% in the sense that I'm fully responsible for, for making sure she's, you know, she's dosing when she needs to and, and taking care of her meals or what, whatever is associated with managing her health. And my wife is 100% responsible for the insurance and dealing with the doctors. Mm -hmm. Um, and we've split it in that way. Um, I I don't want to deal with any of that. I will wake up two or three times every night all year long. So at the end of the year, I don't have to renegotiate our insurance terms. (laughs) I'm completely content to do that. Um, and and that's the way we've divided it. So while my wife, I think could very easily, uh, step into this role and and handle Evelyn's, uh, health, we've chosen not to, we've chosen, I'm I'm responsible. Yeah, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, Is there anything we haven't talked about that we should?
1: Uh, Nothing specific. I think, I think what I was really just wanting the impression I was really hoping just to to pass on to the community is just a, a message of hope, a message that for those that are freshly diagnosed, that things absolutely do get better, that this horrible experience that, that they are going through with time will pass. And the management of this, just like anything else, the more you do it, the more, proficient and accurate you're going to be and just to be patient with yourself to give it time to to recognize this isn't going away so if you screwed up today on the pizza you got tomorrow and work on on figuring out how to dose for that tomorrow and and slowly every single day hone in your process hone, hone in your systems hone in what whatever it is until one day it becomes second nature to to the point you're not not thinking it's not taking over all of your mental bandwidth. It is something that is happening and you're aware of it, but it's happening in the background of, mm-hmm. of life. It's not happening in the forefront of life. And I think that that, is, that will happen quicker the more that people are willing to dive in and to understand the actual logistics of how to manage this this disease. And the sooner they can do that, the better. But time heals a lot of, uh, a lot of this as well. And just naturally over time, I think a lot of those... A lot of that will just become easier and it, it won't be the main thing that you're you're thinking about.
0: In the beginning, it's hard to believe that you'll be the line leader one day you know? when, <laughs> right, you're, when right, you're all the right. way in the back and you're, you're like, I don't know, where are we going? I hope someone knows. Right. Um, and then one day you'll just, you'll be the person who's, you know, everybody's behind you and it just works.
1: And I'd, I'd love just to remind people again, just keep it simple. And what I mean by that is, you know, get your basil honed in. If you get your basil really honed in, your life is tons easier. And that was a huge thing for me. And it, it fluctuates, too. I mean, it's not, you know, my daughter can go anywhere from nine units a day to 18 units a day, uh, and it fluctuates based on her health. And, you know, with, you know, if your daughter getting the flu, she's probably going to require a little bit more and you're going to be conscientious of that uh, as she's getting sick.
0: Arden had 200 percent of her basal rate from 8 p.m. last night till six in the morning.
1: Yeah, I, so. I wish that Dexcom allowed you to go over the. Uh, or excuse me, Omnipod allowed you to go over 90% temp basil because oftentimes you want to experiment with that, but then you just change your basal profile. Not, not a huge issue, but get yeah. your, get your basal profile honed in. And, you know, we, we try to be as bold while maintaining responsibility as we possibly can. Yeah. And it's hugely helpful. And then the last thing is we have, you know, the pre-bolus is huge. Timing is almost is impactful as the the quantity of insulin you're giving. It it almost truly is in our home. The rule that we've kind of put is 20 minutes, unless you hit 75 and then you can go ahead and eat. Um, and that has worked really, really well for us.
0: When Arda was at college, she's like, I'm pre and I'm like, it's not long enough. And she's like, yes, it is. And she got home and for the first couple of days, she's like, "Don't look at my blood sugar. I'll handle it." <laughs> and then one day, I said to her, "Look, you did a great job. She really did." I was like, "You did a marvelous job at school for your first time. We just have to make a couple of like fine tunings here." And so she had this big meal once, and I said, "Watch, watch let me bolus for this meal." And then she didn't spike, and, and I was like, "See, you just you're not pre prebolusing long enough." And she's like, "Oh, okay." And then, but it was kind of under her breath. She was like, "All right." Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. So, um I I take your point. I think it's yeah. I think what you just said is right and also I feel like you're repeating something I've said so it feels weird to agree with it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's but, probably
1: where I came up with the idea. But I, uh, I I we're we're a big fan as well as as uh, eating our meals kind of in a particular way. This morning our daughter wanted some, some Christmas candy she got from her advent or whatever and uh And she ate it first before she ate her breakfast. And although she dosed for it because of the order that she consumed it, we saw a spike that I don't think we would have saw if she would have eaten her normal breakfast first and then eaten the chocolate on the tail end of it. Right.
0: Also, when you come out of an come out of sleep, there's a lot of impacts in the morning too. But all right, I'm going to let you go. But I have to ask you first, why do you have a nice microphone and headphones?
1: Uh, so I in the in the photography industry, I I'll do podcasting and stuff as well. Actually. Oh, cool! Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't done it as much in recent years, but years back we had a large community where we create education about 250,000 uh, members, and uh, and I was doing a weekly online live stream where I was interviewing people in a similar fashion.
0: Oh, that's cool! Well, you sound terrific. So, uh, more people should have podcasts so they sound good on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I want. All right, uh, Jared, hold on one second for me, okay? Yeah. A huge thanks to Jared for com Hey, a huge thanks to Jared for coming on the show today and telling us his story. I also want to thank Cozy Earth and remind you to use the offer code JuiceBox at checkout to save 40% at Cozyearth.com. And don't forget, drinkag1.com forward slash Juicebox When you make your first order at my link, you're also going to get five free travel packs and a year's supply of vitamin D. And if you already use AG1, you didn't sign up through my link, you can switch to mine and support the podcast. Do it, won't you? Please? Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast. Once there was a time when I just told people, if you want a low and stable A1C, just listen to the Juicebox Podcast. But as the years went on, and the podcast episodes grew, it became more and more difficult for people to listen to everyone. So I made the Diabetes Pro Tip series. This series is with me and Jenny Smith. Jenny is a certified diabetes care and education specialist. She's also a registered and licensed dietitian and a type 1 herself for over 30 years. And I, of course, am the father of a child who was diagnosed at age 2 in 2006. The Pro Tip series begins at episode 210 with an episode called Newly Diagnosed or Starting Over. And from there, all about MDI, pre-bolusing, insulin pumping, bumping and nudging, variables, exercise, illness, injuries, surgeries, glucagon, long-term health, bumping and nudging, how to explain type 1 to your family, postpartum, honeymoon, transitioning, all about insulin, temp basals, These are all different episodes, setting your basal insulin, fat and protein, pregnancy, the glycemic index and load, and so much more, like female hormones and weight loss. Head now to juiceboxpodcast.com. Go up in the menu at the top and click on Diabetes Pro Tip. Or if you're in the private Facebook group, there's a list of these episodes right in the Featured tab. Find out how I help keep my daughter's A1c between 5'2 and 6'2 for the last 10 years without diet restrictions. Juiceboxpodcast.com. Start listening today. It's absolutely free.